So I, I have a message for you today that I want to share with you, and it's really in two parts. The first is I want to talk with you just for a few minutes about what our response is, like what is Living Word doing in the middle of all this? Because obviously it's a whole lot more than whether we have a church service or not. Because you see, a church is not a service. It has a service, but a service is a, is a very small part of who we are as a church. And we have been working tirelessly. I mean, the staff has been having more meetings than you possibly could imagine. And we've reached out to our teams and our mayor and people in our community. And we are working hard to not only continue as a church, but also find a way that we can serve our community in every way that we can. And so Tammy has reached out to several different places, but one being the Raleigh Dream Center. And what we're going to do is we're going to be partnering with them, and we're going to be hosting a food drive at Living Word this week because uh, children who are going to school don't have food or normally would go to school don't have food. And we're also, uh, they are partnering with the Wake County Public School System to provide a thousand meals a day. And they need volunteers to serve from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And you can, you can sign up to volunteer for that as well as get a list of canned goods that we need at lwfc.org outreach. It's our opportunity to show higher love to our community. So stay tuned to our social media platforms and our website because everything is changing so rapidly and our, our response is really coming day by day. So stay tuned and hopefully sometime in the middle of the week, I will, have, I will send out another little message just to tell you where we're at because we're just taking this day by day. And so there are a couple of things that I want us to do. The first thing that I want us to do is to give hope. Well, first of all, I want you to, to receive hope, but also I want you to give it. But see, once you have hope, our city needs hope. And our, the people around us need us right now. People are discouraged. People think the sky is falling. And, and this is very serious. Make no, no mistake about it. This is a serious issue. But listen to me. We are going to survive this. We really are. I have seen fear get into people's hearts. And I want you to be able to look people in the eye and be able to let them know, look, this is going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And so here's a verse for you. 2 Corinthians 1.10. It says, He has delivered us. He will deliver us. And then also down later it says that He will continue to deliver us. And when Paul wrote this, it actually says that he was discouraged to the point of death. I mean, so it, that means that he was maybe to the point of suicide, but he reminded himself in the middle of despair, he reminded himself, you know what? God has gotten me through this before. He'll do it now and he'll do it in the future. And so maybe you want to say this out loud that he has, he will, and he will continue to. And so let me say it again. He has, he will today, and he will continue to. I want you to get that in your spirit. Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that in all things, including this thing now, that God works for the good of those who, who are, believe according to his purpose. And so what shall we say in response? Well, here's what I'm going to say, is that if God be for us, who can be against us? That he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things. 
Who shall separate us from the, love, from the love of Christ? Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? No, none of those things. It says that in all these things, we're not even a conqueror, but we are even more than a conqueror through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels, demons, neither the present or the future or any powers, height or depth or anything else in all creation can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so here's the second thing that I want us to do. I want us to provide support. And we're going to do that. Our staff has been working tirelessly this week and we have these outreaches that we're doing. And so we have, we also have, we also recognize that there are going to be financial needs. And so what all we've done is all of our life coaches here at Living Word, they have been studying because there are tons of resources that are being made available because of this situation. And they have been tirelessly studying those resources and, and, and they are available to help you navigate those resources in order to get the help that you need if you need it. So if you want that, go to lwfc.org slash coaching and they and fill out the form there and they'll contact you. Then in Acts 2.42, our vision, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, but they didn't just come and hear the word. They also had fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. That means communion. And it says that everybody was filled with awe and many signs and wonders were performed by the apostles. And it says that all the believers were together. And what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how to stay together, even though we have to be apart. And it says that we have everything, that they had everything in, co in common and they sold possessions to help those that had need. And what we're going to do is we're going to do whatever it takes to take care of people. And then it said every day they, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their hearts um, and with sincere hearts and enjoying favor with all the people. And look what happened. The Lord added to their, to their number. I believe that in the middle of this crisis, people are going to come to faith. Come to faith in Jesus. And then it says that God added daily to those that were being saved. And so stay tuned to our website and all of the ways that you can stay connected to us through social media because we're going to let you know what we're going to be doing. And then finally, I want us to stay close. Now, I know that they're telling us to get away from everybody right now, but, but you need to do that. You need to observe all the health department warnings and the recommendations. Listen to those. Obey those. Practice good hygiene. But... Listen, it's important at this time, look, one of the toughest parts of this whole thing was to determine whether or not we were going to have services or meetups. So, so when and how do we gather? Because it's hard. I think in the middle of a crisis is when the people need their church the most. We're not the NBA. We're not sports. You know, I feel like us shutting down our building was kind of like shutting down a hospital in the middle of a crisis. But what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how to stay open without the building being open so that we can minister to the needs of others. And there's this phrase that's out there, social distancing, right? Well, I agree with that and I'm, and I'm participating, but I don't like the phrase. I think we need to participate in physical distancing, but I need for us to stay socially connected to each other. And because my concern is that even before this crisis, 
we already had record numbers of isolation and, and loneliness. And if we're not careful, the devil has the potential to use this to make people more depressed or lonely than they were before. I want to do what the Bible says in Hebrews 10.24. It says, it, it says, let us consider how we can spur one another on toward, listen, any, even though we don't get to be together physically, high five and hug. I mean, I'm a hugger, so this is hard for me. But what we're going to do is we're going to spur one, one another on into good deeds. Not, meet, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, this is talking about the last day, the judgment day. But I'm, what I'm saying is this is a tough day right now, too. This is a day that, that has, has come and it's rough. And this is why we have meetups in small groups and not just large meetings. And I'm asking you to call right now and check on each other, that your meetup partners and the people that are on your teams, I need you to check on one another, especially the elderly among us. It's time to get on the phone and call each other and say, hey, we're going to have a small group meeting, you know, but it's going to be online. And so what we're doing is we're providing for you a way that you can meet online. We're meeting with the meetup leaders and we're going to provide a way that we can be spiritually close even while we're physically dis distancing ourselves. And so some of you may want to create new virtual meetups. And uh, we have training in order to train you in that. And I want to encourage you to do that just so we can stay connected while we're stuck in our houses you know, because life change happens in community. And so those of you that want to start a virtual meetup, just go to lwfc.org slash M-U-L, which is for Meetup Leader. Fill out that form. You can get more information about starting one. We'll teach you all the technology. We've got tools that you can use that are very simple. It'll be great. And, and so a lot of the decisions that we have made are with this community in mind. Be and I'd rather regret overreacting than underreacting and really hurting people physically because we were not paying attention to what we were told. And so I want to continue this message just with a message of hope for you. And there are two words that I want to leave you with, two powerful words that are in the Bible over and over again. And, and they've been quoted many times by even Jesus himself. Two simple words, and that is fear not. Fear not. Look, look in my eyes. Fear not. Now, a lot of things can affect our bodies and our lives, but I don't want this to get into your spirit. I don't want this to get into your emotions. I mean, disease is real and we believe in healing and, and God did heal us 2,000 years ago, but I want to make sure that the fear doesn't get in your heart. I, want to, I don't want to make light of this in any way, but also think that sometimes we could use some laughter. And so we can inject a little bit of humor in this sometimes too, because this can kill our souls if we're not careful. Just for fun, I found that there's a lot of phobias out there, hundreds or thousands. And I looked up a few of them. One of them is called pathophobia, and that's a fear of disease. Monophobia, it's a fear of being alone. And by the way, I hope that never happens. Glossophobia, the fear of public speaking. I don't have that one, but a lot of people do. Algophobia, which is the fear of pain, right? Pentatheraphobia, which is the fear of your mother-in-law. So, you know, you might want to write that one down, you know. So we have life coaches. We have coaches to help you with that if you need it. 
And then here's the, my favorite. Hippophopanobia monster. I can't even pronounce it. It's that. It's the fear of long words, right? So, and then one more just for f fun. Iractophobia, which is the fear of getting a peanut butter stuck in the roof of your mouth. The point is that there is a fear of everything. And the reason that there's a fear of everything is because we have a devil that's trying to put fear in our hearts. And listen, I don't want that. You know why? Because fear breeds more fear. It's like it adds onto itself. And so studies actually show that 90, 90 to 90% 90 of all your fears will never actually happen. I mean, think about that for a minute. They're never going to happen, but you have them. And it's a tragedy that we allow our hearts and our lives to be controlled by that. Mark Twain said this. He said, I've been through some terrible times in my life, a few of which actually happened. That's a great quote. I love that quote. And listen, I know that this is very real, and I'm not making light of this. I mean, I'm taking this really, really seriously. I'm taking every precaution. This is real. But listen, don't let it get into your spirit, your soul. Because fear will breed more fear. And the next time, the next thing you know, you start finding yourself in a very bad place. And I'm going to show you how to get out of that in a few minutes. The second thing that fear does is it clouds our judgment. I heard a story about a guy who walked up to somebody's house and there was a sign on the fence that said, beware of dog. And then about that time, the owner of the house this, with this little foo-foo dog came out. And the guy says, that dog's not going to hurt anybody. And he says, no, but the sign will. You see, a lot of times we fear things that really cannot hurt us. But the sign can. The thought of it can. And the next thing you know, you're making decisions based upon things that aren't even true. You're going to avoid the house because of foo-foo. Now listen, I'm not making light of this. Again, you need to take precautions. This is real. Don't play with this. On behalf of other people, love other people enough to take it seriously. I, I just don't want this to get into your soul. The third thing is, is that fear redirects energy. And so instead of stepping up, we step down. And I don't want you to step down. This is the time for our church to arise because we are at our best during times like this, that we could show the love of Jesus to those around us. It's not time for us to back down. Listen, I'm not going into hiding. I mean, look, we're no Mother Teresa, and, and nobody claims to be close to where she was. But I honor the woman who stepped in right in the middle of all the pain and suffering and said, it's time for the church to be the church. So here's the question. What do we do with our fears? Well, let me close with this one point, one simple point. You've got to convert your fear into faith. You've got to take your fears and your anxiety and replace it. You've got to turn it around. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Now, who is the author of power? It's God. Who's the author of love? That's God as well. So where does a sound mind come in? It's the same place. Now listen, there are places that are getting scared. There are people that are scared. And in fact, this last week, I'll just be honest with you, the pressure that, that I carry as a leader, listen, I felt that on my shoulders. And if I'm honest with you, it really never lasted very long because I know what to do. I know how to convert fear into faith. And I'm going to show you that. 
I mean, I had it for a moment, but it did not last very long. In fact, I wish that you could have the peace that I have, you know, the optimism that I have and the confidence that I have that everything is going to be good and that the bride of Christ is going to rise up. And so how do you convert fear into faith? There's two things that you can do right there without coming to a building that you can do. Um, and, and here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to do these two things. The first one is pray. I mean, put on some worship music if you need to. Spend time in His presence. You don't have to be all fancy and, and be a great order to God to pray well. You know, with all the thou arts and the these and the dies and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to do all that. Just talk with Him. Tell Him your concerns, your dreams, your hopes. Just be in His presence. Just be aware that He's there. Psalms 34, 4 says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all my fears. You see, prayer can do that. And I want you to have that. I want you to be free from your fears. Spend time with God. And by the way, I would rather you spend one minute in prayer 10 times a day than 10 minutes of prayer one time a day. So it doesn't have to be this long thing. The Bible said, Paul said in the Bible, he said, I pray without ceasing. And you can do that all day long. That's what I'm doing. I'm not having these long hours in prayer. It's I'm having hours worth of prayer all spread out throughout the day, just being aware of his presence and just saying, God, I thank you that your wisdom lives on the inside of me. See, that's dads. God can do that for your family. Mom's the same thing. Kids, God can do that. Business leaders, God will give you wisdom in what to do. And so the second thing is that I would like for you to do, and, and this is not difficult at all, it's very simple, and that is get into God's Word. God's Word brings comfort. The Bible brings comfort. If you read the Bible, it will encourage you. And if you don't know where to read, just go to the Psalms and read there. In fact, actually, that's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you an assignment for this week. I would like for every one of you, just do this for me. As a personal favor to me, read Psalms 91 out loud every day. You won't regret it. And so uh, it won't take you but about three minutes to read the whole thing. But don't think it. Don't just read it to yourself. I want you to pray it out loud. And in fact, what I really want you to do is even change the words a little bit because it's God speaking to you. But I would like you to change it to the first person to where it's a confession. And in fact, I've done it for you. And, and so this is not how the Bible writes it. I've actually changed it to first person. It sounds like this. I will dwell in the shelter of the Most High, and I will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress. You are my God in whom I trust. And surely you will save me from the, from the fowl and the snare and the deadly pestilence. I will not fear. Say that with me right there where you are. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the air that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. The Lord is my refuge, and I will make the Most High my dwelling. Therefore, no harm will overtake me. I want you to say this every single day. Pray and read God's Word out loud that no disaster will come near my tent. I hope you're not living in a tent, but, it, but your house, right? 
for God will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. And I will call on the Lord and he will answer me and he will be with me in trouble and with long life. God will satisfy me and show me his salvation. 